Hey yo, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. We're back. It was a long fucking weekend. We got a lot to tell you, but we got so much to talk about at the beginning of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the All Pro Joffros, where we bring you the highly elevated sports talk for the highly elevated sports fan. I am your host, JP. Hey yo. And with me, as always, but it looks like he's having some technical issues. Uh, six time beast from the southeast, Mr. Coach K. And joining to start the show with us, you guys already know how we have to do this. Let him know. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, our boxing insider from boxingscene.com a boxing writers association member and all around amazing human being ladies and gentlemen please welcome to the show mr hans themstone how you doing hans i'm doing great man how about you (laughs) it's been a, a little bit since we last talked to you but there's a lot of things that are uh that are coming up and there's a few things that happened this weekend that um, we felt we needed to dive into a bit. Um, I don't know how to say his name correctly. Hopefully, you can help me out with it. I doubt it, <laughs> but I'll try. <laughs> Naya Inouye. Oh, yeah, I mean, sounds right to me. <laughs> it sounds right to me, man. Okay. I'm probably butchering it, and I I apologize. He obviously deserves way more respect than me completely uh, mispronouncing his name. Um, how impressed uh, were you this past weekend? Uh, TKO, eighth-round victory over Stephen Fulton to now be the WBC and WBO junior featherweight champion. He's now a four-division champion. Um, what, From what you saw this weekend, what are your thoughts on him? Just the best fighter in the world, man. <laughs> that's what he is, man. He's the uh, that's, that's a different dude right there. <laughs> different dude. <laughs> no, I'm telling you. So I'm I'm looking at him going like there's I don't see any well, holes in the game. Maybe I'm blind to it. Maybe other people see it, and I just don't. Um, but from what he's done. To now, after what he did, you know, to Stephen Fult, it was decisive. Like, it, it wasn't – I don't think there was any doubt um, in anybody's mind throughout this fight uh, what the outcome was going to be, whether whether it was by knockout, by decision, or whatever. Uh, everyone pretty much had a good idea of who was going to be the winner of that day. Um, But what about him impresses you the most? Um, well, first off, I, I don't think it's true that a lot of that everybody thought he was going to win. Um, I did pick him to win, but you know, I, I just uh, I, I did give Fulton a really good chance at winning. I thought a lot of people did, because um, Fulton is just, um, Fulton is just a really good fighter, man. He's a he's a he's a really a really good fighter, man. Um, and he got dismantled, so it's like. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't competitive, man. 
which was the surprising part. You know, I just thought that anyway would win like a really close decision or, um, you know, if he was going to stop Fulton, it was going to be like really late, like 11th, 12th, you know, something like that. But um, I thought anyway would win a, a pretty close decision, maybe like. Uh, 116, 112, maybe a few swing rounds, 115, 113, just, you know. Oh, so you thought it was going to be close, close. Yeah, I, that's how much respect I have for, for Fulton, man. Um, you know, and it's, you know, sometimes kind of hard to, like, get somebody's prediction on it. Like, I would ask a lot of, like, the Philly guys, like Redman and Jerron Ennis, Bozy Ennis, guys like that, and, you know, uh, I always went against them. We would go, like, back and forth and stuff like that. But, like, just the one thing that I never really liked that they said about Fulton is that, like, he knows how to win. Because I'm just, like, I mean, anyway knows how to win, too. Like, he, he he doesn't lose. So, you know. But um, in terms of the most impressive thing about him, oh, man. If I had to say one thing, I'd probably say um, – probably say his speed his his speed is just um it's just like wow you know what i mean like it's really hard to prepare for a guy with that level of speed um also his offensive attack is very it's very creative it's it's very very creative um it's not necessarily traditional uh, I mean, it is traditional, but he also just has, like, a lot of spots where he'll throw things that, like, normal fighters don't throw. And he's also just very consistent. You know, he has a very consistent body attack, man. Like, it doesn't matter who he's fighting, he's always going to go down to that body. So, he's um, terrific. I, I saw a comparison today, and I don't know how much you would agree with this or not. Um. But I just saw it recently when I was coming up with the questions of what I wanted to ask you and everything. I, I saw it after it. There are people starting to compare him to Floyd. Now, I said the same thing. I was like, I feel like this is a little early to be making some pretty wild comparisons like that. But if you had to really compare him to anybody that you've seen in the past, as close to the style as they possibly can, who does he remind you of? It's hard for me to pinpoint it, but he reminds me of somebody. Um, well, first off, when you say um, Floyd, like, 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 what, what, what did they mean? What did they say? What did they mean when they said like they, in a way, reminds them? They're talking like. Basically, the speed, the striking ability, his defense. They're saying the footwork. You know, they're almost comparing the overall game. That there's certain similarities um, between the two. No. Now, I, again, I from when I look at, if I look at Floyd, and I look at in that way. Maybe speed-wise and footwork, there's it's similar, but I wouldn't say it's like. I wouldn't say it's exactly like that. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, the uh, 
the greatest DJ in the entire fucking world. You already knew he was going to be on today. This is the Mad Six. Um, yeah, no. Um, I mean, no. Like, they fight nothing alike, man. Um, I don't. I don't think Floyd was quite as fast as Inouye. Um, oh. I think Inouye is more athletic. But um, but if they're ever fought, Floyd would definitely win. <laughs> Floyd would definitely win. He'll win about nine or ten rounds. But um, yeah, no, they they don't really fight anything similar. Um, to me, um, in a way, just like just like a nature, like he, like the type of style he has. For as great as he is, I don't think his style is really gonna age well. Mm. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna age well. Like once he starts like really slipping and like his athleticism really starts. You know, coming down. Um, I don't think it's necessarily going to age too well, you know. But that that normally happens with guys that are just like hyper athletic and and use that to their ability to just like you know move in and out of shots, um, get off on their punches, and do things that are really just like a little untraditional. You know what I mean? I mean, obviously, you could look at a guy like Roy Jones and not comparing him, but you know, when Roy got older, it was pretty awful. You know, as opposed to like um, Andre Ward, even though he was really athletic when he was in his prime, and people probably just don't really remember that, but he was so basic, you know, it didn't really matter too much when he got older. Um, he could still do a lot of things he could even when he was um, when he was a younger man. So, but yeah, no, in a way, ain't, 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 ain't no beating that dude, man. Just <laughs> <laughs> ain't no beating uh, Ladies and gentlemen, if you're just joining us, the All Pro Jaffa's highly elevated sports talk for the highly elevated sports fan. We're here with Hans Themistode of BoxingScene.com, uh, Boxing Writers Association of America writer, uh, talking uh, this past weekend with NOA and uh, a couple of more subjects on on for this conversation. But when we talk about NOA. Who is somebody that you think would be a good matchup, or like who is somebody that you want to see him fight next? Um, maybe get the Canelo fight because <laughs> maybe because move. <laughs> no, nah, I mean obviously that's that's a joke, but uh, nobody at one point. I mean to to Palace. He's, you know, the other unified guy at 122 pounds. I don't, I don't give him a shot at all. Um, at 126, I mean, you you have a guy like um, Figueroa, who's a really big guy, but I mean, he fights with a lot of pressure. But I don't think he's gonna be able to really do much with um, with Inouye either. Um, Robisi Ramirez is a guy who's really good, like very very good. And he's obviously bigger than Inouye as well. Um, I don't think he'll be able to do much with him. But there is one guy who's like kind of in the vicinity of um, Inouye's weight class, um, and that's Bam Rodriguez. Um, mm. He's Inouye's kind of moving up so rapidly that it's just like that fight feels like further and further away because you know Bam, I believe he had a tight at 115. 
Um, anyway, it was just undisputed at 118, which made it seem like, okay, they're not that far off. But then he just fought at 122. And, you know, if he ends up beating Tapala and becomes undisputed, all right, he's just going to go up to 126. So that fight is getting further and further away from being like a possibility. But if I had to choose anybody that's somewhat realistic and somewhat in the vicinity, I would say Bam Rodriguez. He's um, he's a really special fighter. Is there how, – how far do you think he can go? How far up do you think he can go before you can kind of cap him out? Uh, He's already gone through four different weight divisions, so it's kind of like actually five. He only or, he captured he captured belts in four, but he actually started at one hundred eight. He just oh okay, so he's he's been in five different weight weight classes already. How much further can he possibly go at this point? Um, before you start really seeing it kind of affect the game. I mean, I, I, I do feel comfortable if he can get to 26. I do feel comfortable with that. Um, I I think he could get to 30. No uh, way 135, right? Yeah, the, the thing about 135 is just like, I mean, those guys are just like, those guys are bigger. But like, they're not even necessarily bigger. I think they have, like, more meat on their bones, if it makes more sense. But, like, mm-hmm. if you look at, like, just dimensions-wise, he's the same size as Tank. Same height, same reach. He, I think Shakur Stevenson probably has, like, a one, two-inch height advantage on him. Um, almost the same reach. Devin Haney is really the only guy at 135, and he's going up to 140 anyways. Where it would be like, all right, that's a pretty big size difference. But, um... Yeah, just like in terms of like dimensions wise, like they're not that far off from him, but it's it'll be hard for me to see him getting up to thirty five. It's kinda of hard to see him getting up to thirty because those those guys are pretty big. Um Navarrete is is pretty he's pretty, pretty big. Even a guy like Joet Gonzalez, he's he's really big as well. But um I just look at it. I mean, if you're gonna call yourself the pound for pound champ, let's see how far you can go. Yeah, I mean, I think he could do it. I think he could do it. I think he could go up. Could, could we? Could we possibly situ- see situations? And and this is the only reason why I say that because you know the whole pound for pound. My when I hear pound for pound, I figure the guy who could basically stand up to any freaking weight class. Could there be a situation where? And I know this is very very rare that something like this happens, but where you have a fighter fight somebody else who's obviously you know so if he's fighting at 125 he can fight somebody at 135 he might gain a little bit more weight but they'll outweigh him by a few is that something that could be thrown into the works in order to fit in some of these quote-unquote super fights uh wait so what's the question so uh, most of the time, obviously, they need to be the same weight class. Mm. Could we be looking at a situation where he would be basically fighting out of his weight class? He's gonna he he'll be he'll be at like one twenty six, but he'll be fighting somebody at one thirty one thirty five. Um, I mean, yeah, it can happen, but um, 
I mean, look, in a way, is he's thirty years old right now, so I think he has like a few more years left in his prime. That's why I'm saying he kind of has to like. If we're talking about fights like that, if you're the big money type of fights, I feel like that would be the easiest situation for that to happen. Instead I mean, of him slowly <clears throat> climbing up, and and you know what I mean. I mean, it's really just all about like. It's really all about just if he could, like, carry that power with him, man. Like, obviously, he can do it at 122. Um, uh, can he do it at 126? I think he can. He, he, I think he could take out everybody at 126, though. I think, like, knockout well, I think he can knock out everybody at, at, at 122 pounds. But once you stop at Steve Fulton, I, I, I don't think there's anybody else you, could, you can't stop at 122. Mm-hmm. 126 would be a little bit tough. Like, you know, the added weight. Like I said, a guy like Figueroa is... He's a big guy, you know. Even a guy like, um, if you ever got back active again, like, like Gary Russell, he's not a big guy, but he's extremely skilled and extremely durable. So it'll be tough, like, in a way to stop guys like that. But yeah, it's really all about if he can just carry that power, man. Like, yeah, he's fast, he's quick, extremely quick. But you know, it gets to a certain point where it's just like, all right, this dude, he's not, he doesn't punch as hard. It's kind of like when you look at Manny Pacquiao. Like, yeah, he was great. He had like a lot of those same attributes where it was turned, but they don't, they don't fight the same. But had a lot of those same attributes where he was just really fast, really quick, used some really good angles. His offensive attack was really creative, really, really creative. But it was just like, yo, this little dude's cracking. Like he's putting dudes to bed, man. <laughs> so, so if any, if I, 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 now that you say bed, that, I feel like it that is a better comparison than to Floyd. Yeah, if I mean, you're gonna, but, if you're gonna make a comparison. I mean, it's it's to me, it's not even really a good comparison. They they fight really, they fight really differently, man. Manny, 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 offensively, Manny fought like a little wilder. He was really more so in and out, in and out, in and out, pop, 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 in and out, in and out. Like he fought really, he fought really differently than the way anyway does. Um, anyway, is I I think he's more calculated on offense. Um, but Pacquiao was just more deadly, just in terms of like his power and stuff like that. Um, which ironically enough, uh, what's his name? Um, Freddie Roach said they'd fight <laughs> anyway at 135, and I'd like to see it, <laughs> like, you know, I'd like to see it. So if they can make the fight, let's just make the fight, man. <laughs> let's do it. I mean, it, the, the sky's the limit for him, but like you said, at, at 30 years old there's going to be those questions now as he starts to dismantle opponent after opponent after opponent there. I I feel like because of that, there's going to be those questions of, well, let's see what he can do with somebody above his weight class. Yeah. That's always how it goes though. Like always, man. Like if you're, if your particular weight class doesn't have like a ton of killers in them, then guys are always going to be like, all right, let's see what you can do against somebody else. Like, people are kind of just, like, looking at Tapala as, like, you know, he did beat MJ, but they're just like, all right. Once anybody takes care of him, like, who else is there really for him to fight? Nobody. Could you, could you see but, him and Tank going at it at some point? <laughs> that money right, for sure. <laughs> that money's right. But not not even just the money. It's like I said, man, they, they have a lot of the same physical dimensions. Um I can see that fight happening for sure. It'll be a crazy fight. I, I'm not too sure if it'll be exactly at 135, but, you know, 
Tank is the A side, so Tank would probably demand that it is at 135. But you know, if he's willing to do like a catch weight, maybe not too far off, maybe like 132 or so. Like I could definitely see that fight happening. It'll be a great one too. It really would be. Yeah, that would be a, a very interesting clash of styles. Um, but one of the main reasons why we had you on today, man, it's finally happening. After a long, frustrating amount of time leading up to this point, uh, Spence and Crawford this Saturday on the 29th, um, looking to be what people are saying, the, the biggest fight of the modern era. What have the press conferences and everything that you've been to been like leading up to this point? Um, I mean, I don't really like to say stuff like both guys look relaxed. <laughs> you know, both guys look chill. Both guys look confident. It's like, that's so blah to me. That's so boring. It's like, it's like that with every press conference. Every fighter is going to feel like, you know, very confident and very relaxed, you know, but um, the biggest thing that I kind of took away is that just Crawford just looks like, he just looks like the meaner guy. You know what I mean? Like during face-offs, just how they look at each other, how he's talking. He just seems like the meaner guy. Like he's just like really, like he's just ready to go right now. Um, Spence, Spence is just like, He's, he's definitely bigger. You probably won't really seem bigger um, at the weigh-in, um, but actual fight night and just, like, actually looking at them, like, face off and just seeing Crawford first walk by and then seeing Spence walk by, it's just, like, Spence is just, like, he's, he's definitely the bigger guy. So that's what I would say is probably the biggest thing that I took away from it, honestly. So, I mean, it's... The buildup is obviously, you know, really big. I know, especially you being on the show and us talking about this, you know, for a long period of time, we went through definitely that roller coaster of we're excited to we don't give a shit anymore to now we're back <laughs> excited again. You know, it, it's just it, it's been up until this point, obviously hectic. Yeah. But from everything that you've seen, obviously you 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 got to be a little bit more unbiased than what we would be on this show. Yeah. But what are some predictions that you can see going on during this fight this Saturday? I mean, this fight is about at 50-50 if you can get. Like, literally. It's about as 50-50 if you can get, man. Um, I mean, obviously, Spence, Spence fights, for the most part, he fights one way which is just, like, coming forward and just beating you up. But he can fight off the back, but he can box. I don't think he's a better boxer than Crawford, obviously. But, you know, I think he's just going to try to assert himself. You know, he's going to try to use that jab, put it in Crawford's face a lot. And he's just going to try to walk him down. Spence is the best at, you know, cutting off the ring. Um, Crawford, for as great of a boxer as he is, he doesn't really move as much as he used to. Um, well, once he got to 147 pounds, the last time I really seen him use his legs like that was against Postal, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he did use his legs a little bit against Sean Porter, but I don't know. He just doesn't move as much, um, as he used to. Um, but 
the skills obviously go with Crawford. The um the physicality obviously goes with Spence. Um it's tough, man. Like it's really tough. Um if I've always said that I think Spence is gonna win the fight. You know, I like just level of competition, being on maybe not this big of a stage, but being on a very, very big stage in comparison to Crawford. Um just the way he fights, all of the punches he throws, it's a lot to deal with, man. Like it's it's a lot. So I've always said I think Spence is gonna win that fight. I'm kind oh, of leaning towards Crawford. <laughs> kind of. And it's a very, very dumb reason. Well, to everybody else is dumb. To me, it makes <laughs> it makes all the sense in the world. Why? Like I think if they were fighting today, tomorrow, any other day but Saturday, I think Spence would win. But this Saturday is Crawford's mom's birthday. Now, listen, man. <laughs> you ain't losing on your mother's birthday. <laughs> no, you can't. No, you you can't take a take an ass whooping in front of your mama on her birthday. No, that's just not. That's not in the cards. Yeah. Part. So it's it's I don't know. It's probably dumb to some people. And like I said, it was a fifty fifty fight anyways. But I just really think Crawford's gonna have that little bit of extra juice, man. Like yo. Know, I'm losing on my mother's birthday, dog. Like, nah, like, nah man. And he's already a great fighter, so um, I'd, I'd probably lean towards Crawford, but I really want to take Spence. I don't know, man. It's, don't it's you? Don't you just enjoy it being that way, though? Yeah, for sure. Don't you just love great. watching fights that you don't know what the hell is going to happen? Yeah, it's. It's amazing, man. <laughs> and that's what we got on Saturday. So I'm really, really looking forward to this fight, man. It's going to be so good, man. It's going to be so good. Like, man, yeah, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling are you, it. Are you going to be in the building? Unfortunately not. Only because, ironically enough, it's Crawford's mom's birthday on Saturday. And it's also my brother's birthday on Saturday. So I'm just like, all right, you know, we... I will be down here celebrating with him. So I'm still going to watch the fight. But well, So you should have taken him with you. That's, that would have been a birthday gift right there. <laughs> it would have been great. If I had that type of pull, I would have. But, yeah, that's that's the only reason why I'm not going to be down there, unfortunately. So I'm still holding out hope that, like, somebody, like, twists an ankle and they push it back like a month and then, like, I can just be down there. But, uh, but yeah, unfortunately, I got to be I gotta be here with my bro. So, you know, I'll watch it on TV. Uh-huh. It, it don't worry about it. family always comes first. That's good. Okay, uh, you had did you have anything for Hans? You muted if you didn't know. You might not be at the. We're trying to figure it out. Um, but before we let you go, I wanted to ask one thing because uh, me and Kay had this conversation, and it at this point has been frustrating me to absolutely no end um i think it looks terrible on the division um i think it's a joke Uh, (laughs) yeah oh oh you already knew where i was going with it once you you said joke and frustrating i I already (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
that should he vacate the titles? I think he should. That's just my opinion. No, because he doesn't have to. You know, it's it's kind of like, well, should Jamal Charlo vacate? Maybe he should, but Mauricio Wayne ain't telling him to vacate. So if they not telling me to vacate, then I ain't gonna vacate. You know what I mean? It's kind of like if you have a, if you if you're financing a car, and you know you just for some reason can't pay anymore, and they don't come repo your car. Like, are you gonna just go give it to them? Nah, like they could come repo it, cool. But I ain't gonna just give you the car. But no, I don't think he should vacate. You know, if WC wants to let him hold the title, cool. The fight itself, I mean, everybody's gonna watch. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a spectacle. I don't really necessarily like it, but I, I don't like it now. Just like everybody else doesn't like it right now. But I think on the night, everybody's gonna be like, okay, let's let's see what happens. You know what I mean? So I think I think people are a little bit more interested in it because they know the 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 punching power of Ngannou. Yeah, for sure. So, so there, there's that possibility. No, of, that, you know, it, it's it's a possibility, but that's not happening, bro. No, I mean, it, again, because <laughs> uh, if it did happen, I I don't even know what boxing would do <laughs> if it did happen. I mean, it would just be the biggest upset of, of all time, like literally the biggest upset. <laughs> but that don't happen. But I mean, look, it's 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 tough for like fans and like reporters to like kind of sometimes wrap their heads around stuff but yo Tyson Fury's gonna get a lot of money for this fight man why haven't they given him a mandatory um I feel like they're taking way longer with him than they have anybody else well Mauricio Suleiman does really whatever he wants man because you know he'll go out there and he'll claim well they ordered um, Deontay Wilder versus Andy Ruiz for a title eliminator, which that doesn't even make sense anyways to begin with. Like, Deontay Wilder beat Robert Hellenius, who, I mean, come on now. And now if he beats Ruiz, he gets to fight Tyson Fury for a fourth time. Like, it's, it's kind of ridiculous to me. Um, they should have been making Wilder fight, like, maybe a few other guys, like, you know, like Ruiz and you know, maybe I would like to see Wilder versus Joshua. That would be an interesting. Yeah, of course. That would be great as well. But um, hopefully we'll get it at the end of the year. But look, man, I ain't, I ain't mad at Tyson Fury, man. Like, once you retire, nobody going to really – I'm not going to say people don't really care about you, but you don't get the love and attention no more. You're definitely not going to make the same amount of money. So if you can make all of that money from fighting this dude and you know you're going to win, I'll do it every time. Every single time. Like, I ain't mad at him. Go make the money, champ. Do what you got to do. As frustrating and annoying as it is. Yeah. Go get the money, though, man. I, I just don't like the heavyweight champion of the world fucking representing boxing like this. This is just, to do me, it's have... frustrating as a fan to just watch. Do you have a Do you have a particular sport that you don't enjoy watching? That I don't enjoy watching? Yeah. Golf? golf like like you just don't like it at all it, it just it, it, if i were to actually go and play golf that might be different but watching it to me it's just boring to me so I, could, I, do you think you could watch golf for eight hours fuck no no i'd have the tv off before i did that i bet you, you could if you would go out there to offer you like 20 million 
See, if they were offering me twenty million to watch golf for eight hours, fuck yeah, I would. Come on now, I would thing. have the tape over my eyes to keep them open. The same thing, man. Like when the money calling, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> I'm gonna do it, man. I tell you that I'm gonna do it. So yeah, get your money. Damn, it really is that simple. Fuck. <laughs> get to it. Uh, I mean, Hans, again, man, it's it's always great to have you on. It's always good to have your insight. Um, we appreciate the hell out of you again for being on. And once again, man, anytime you want to come talk, we're always here for you, my friend. Cool, appreciate you. Um, even though you you always I mean you always have Courtney here and I don't know, country and this DJ guy and nobody else ever talks. I don't I don't know why. They just turn their screens off and they get like nervous. I don't I don't know why. But <laughs> I tried to get Kay in there to say something. Hey, that something happened. I don't know what was going on. Man, I don't know what happened to DJ too. He's, he's, that, he's here. Seconds and then he he just left. I, I don't I don't know, guys. You you guys can talk sometimes when I'm around, but you know it <laughs> it, is, it is it is what it is, man. But <laughs> hope you guys enjoy your night, man. Oh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Hans Themiso. We'll talk to you later, Hans. Appreciate it. Ah. <laughs> This is obviously Hans episode of BoxingScene.com. Uh, before we get into the brick wall, yep. Before we get into uh, the most incredible weekend of this show's history, uh, we got a ad from our friends over at Race. What's up, Joppo Army? JP here, the All Pro Joppos, bringing you a message from our proud partners over at Raise Energy. Raise Energy takes a giant leap of faith with instilling a high-quality formula to bring the consumer a powerful yet sustained energetic experience to help us put your workouts and focus in general to the very next level. Perfect for anyone at any time, Raise Energy has become the most popular, the best-rated energy drink on the market to date with a phenomenal flavor profile that puts most of the competitors just downright to shame. Powered by the enhanced refresh technology, Raise Energy delivers with a performance enhancing energy drink profile that aids in the most often overlooked categories, which include targeted focus, enhanced recovery time, as glycogen becomes depleted, improve clean energy levels, boost in stamina and in hydration. Most importantly, each can of Rays has absolutely zero calories, zero sugar, zero carbohydrates to give you a smarter and healthier option. You should not have to drink or settle for any other energy drink that contains more sugar and carbohydrates than you can count. Instead, opt for the smart choice with the number one fan voted energy drink on the planet with Ray's energy drink. Use the promo code Alpha Rays at checkout to get 15% off of your order. Demand more. Join the Ray's Rebellion. Let them know the Jaffo sent you. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Thank you, Ray's, for being with us since day one. Uh, <coughs> we've got a little video. Uh, coming soon from Rays, we got the guys from the uh, the three on one podcast over at the A Seven FL to uh, do a reaction taste test 
uh, to the raised cakes. So that's coming soon. You guys will be able to see that. Um, guys, what a fucking weekend. Um, I think it's the most fun uh, collectively as a group um, that we've had in, like I said, pretty much the show's history. And that's not showing any disrespect to anybody else who's had us, you know, being at the Bay Area Cali Classic or, you know, with San Jose State or whoever else. It's just this weekend, this weekend meant a lot to us in a way that, you know, we, it wasn't like a, we made it moment, but it was definitely a we're on the right path. We're doing the right things. We're making the right connections. We're talking to the right people. You know, it, it's it was one of those moments that I will never forget. Um, but K Matchsticks, I mean, what Matchsticks? This was your first time you've been you know, traveling with us in a little, in a, for a little bit, especially for a, a, a whole pretty much five day weekend. How you got to DJ the, uh, the, the food truck and the, uh, um, the, the food truck night and everything on Friday and Saturday night. Um, what did you feel about the entire weekend? I can't hear you. Can we hear? Oh, wait. Are you moving to a different? Okay. You're moving to a different thing. Can you hear me? Yeah, there we go. Okay. Yeah, the computer is like, it's so dark in the background. The back is so dark on the back. Um, but yeah, now I've been talking about this uh, past weekend all throughout since I've been back. It's one of those that you that'll be talked about for days. So it was just, man, we had a good time. It was hot as hell, hotter than hell. I think we was on the, the, the doorsteps of hell, Satan waving at us. And <laughs> <laughs> we went down there and did what we had to do and came back home. People, for those of you who don't know and haven't been <laughs> paying attention, <laughs> Bullhead City, Arizona, uh, where we were at this last weekend, um, at one point hit 125 degrees outside. And it was kind of a dry heat, too. It wasn't a whole lot, hell of a lot of humidity to it. We were in the fucking desert. Um, so that shit just laid on you like 10 pounds of heat. Every time you walked outside, um, I, everybody collectively there, not just us, but everybody collectively had the understanding of this isn't normal and nor should we ever really have to deal with something like this again. Um, but definitely everybody has a badge of honor where we can tell everyone, hey, um, you know, we don't get to say anything about how hot it is anymore because um, when you witness 125 degree heat, um, 
everything else feels like a, a nice summer breeze um, after that. Uh, Kay, you had a good weekend, a surprising weekend. How did how did you feel about the whole thing? Let them know what you did. Was he there? I thought he was back. I thought he was too. He's not muted. Can you hear me? Now I can yeah. hear you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we had a pretty good weekend, man. Like it was, it was pretty fun. Um, did some dope stuff. Uh, experienced some good people. Uh, learned a few things, you know what I mean? Uh, reaffirmed a few things, at least for me. Um, yeah, that was, it was a really good weekend. Hey, uh, so how we originally do things is when we go to places and stuff, Day is normally the, the the camera guy out on the field getting a lot of the the action that that. You oh see. yeah, no. I thought, hey, look, I I go into it. Just tell them what you got going. Just tell them what you got going. Like I get into my story. You know what I mean? Oh, that's why I wanted. I was saying like. Yeah, no, no, no. Just it. tell like, them your stuff. You I'll get into my story a little later. I'll get in my story a little later. I'll put a little bit more sauce and flavor into mine. Just tell them <laughs> what you did. Okay. Well, I mean, me. Um, so normally what we end up doing, obviously, Kay, with the down the line and everything that we else that we have there on YouTube and the social medias that you see down below the screen right there on the tickers. Um, Kay is usually the one filming. I'm kind of the one up in the press box. I'll get the higher views and stuff like that. I get most of the stuff that you see on the social medias. Um, and Damien, Mad Sticks, is mostly... You know, he's the music guy. He's there. He helps out and stuff. But this situation was so unique and different because it's nothing that we expected. Now, shout out to everybody at the A7FL, A7FL Nevada, Derek Duncan, Matt Ryan, uh, Corey, Big Rob, Zach, Alex, Cole, uh, Scott McCorkle, the Vikings, Doug. Casey, I can get uh, Chris Albert, just everybody that we, and if I'm not mentioning some people, I apologize. There were so many people that we met and dealt with over this weekend that were just so awesome, right? Just good people, you know, is what it was. They, they were, they helped us out whenever they could. We told them we would help them out whenever, like, whatever they needed, we were there to help them if they needed it. And come Sunday night, they needed it, and it turned into a situation where Hay was asked to to do camera work for the A7 on the sideline and in the end zone, and I was asked to do the scoreboard for the stream. So the scoreboard that everybody saw on TV back at home, on Caffeine, on YouTube, um, on a7fl.tv or, or anywhere else that, or on the zone, wherever it is that you caught the a7fl championship, I was the one operating the clock that you guys saw. Um, there were some things that kind of you know messed up a little bit, and obviously you can see in the stream where it happened and what was going on. Um, but other than that, everything worked out you know really good. I had a cute. You know, Great view of the whole game. Um, it, it, it was an exciting game. Um, it was a back and forth game. For for those of you who saw the the recap afterwards, 
um, with all of us, you know, in the same room, kind of talking about everything that went down. You kind of know the bits and pieces of what happened. But for us, it was just, it was an experience like I've never seen. I've never seen a game like that before. At any level, I've never seen one that exciting. Uh, I, I just, it was especially live. I can't remember the last time I've seen a game. I saw a game that good. The crowd was absolutely electric. Just all in. I, I believe there was a little over 500 people, a little under 1,000 and stuff who actually ended up in the stadium. But they sounded a lot louder than that. You know, and, and it was basically a home game for the Insomniacs. Um, you know, everybody from Vegas. So, you know, when Tampa came out during the you know, introductions and stuff, Tampa was getting booed. They were the big-time villains throughout this whole thing. And, um, you know, throughout the game, you saw that. And the Insomniacs were obviously the, the hometown team that everyone was rooting for. Um for, for us, man, just, we got there Thursday. Uh, we were the first ones to get to the house, and it was 125 when we first got there. I got out to go check, like, the door for the code and everything, you know, called my wife and, you know, you know mom and everybody letting me know, letting everyone know that I, I got there okay. And I can feel my phone literally had, well, I shouldn't say literally, I'm over-exaggerating, but my phone was catching fire in my hand to the point where if I looked at it and said, hey, your phone is overheating, you know, get it into a cool place. And the only cool place was either inside the house or inside the car. Um, it, and then Friday came along. That was the first uh, food truck night, and uh, the flag flag football tournament and the combine and everything went down on Friday. Uh, the flag football tournament was pretty fun uh, to watch. Uh, the Kings of Florida, which you know was pretty much the Tampa Nightcrawlers, ended up winning the the flag tournament for ten thousand dollars. And then after it was Saturday, was the arena game, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. So Saturday was the arena game between the uh, Vegas Saints and the Vegas uh, Kings. Um, you know, and, and then, you know, we were listening in and, and watching with the production meetings and just learning everything that we possibly could. Um. We were on the uh, the anniversary show for the three on one podcast. You know, we got to uh, talk in there and stuff, and we got to witness um, one of the greatest forty yard dash races um, <laughs> of all time. How that went down was absolutely hilarious. Um and all those videos and stuff like that coming coming very very soon. Country K is working his ass off to be able to get those out, you know, as soon as possible. Um, but that what that one right there, that's the uh, so the first the first one we tied, right? 
second one, Casey took the spill. What was your reaction to that race in general? Like the build up around it was pretty fucking wild. All things. The build up was cool. I didn't get to see none of the races because I was out DJing, so I didn't see none of the races. Oh, yeah, I was right. setting up, so yeah, I missed a lot of the uh, the indoor stuff that was going on uh, previous. But I did see the photo, the infamous photo. The infamous yeah, photo. Yeah. He's stretching out, you know. Getting the super, his, his Superman on on the ground. <laughs> uh, K K got involved in the whole forty yard dash thing as well. Derek Duncan, you shout out to him. And actually, Derek, we are actually going to have him on the show to talk more about uh, this past weekend, especially from his point of view. Um, this uh, for Friday's episode, so don't miss that. Um. But he was he was talking all sorts of spice, saying you know he'd take anybody on, he'd smoke anybody, and Corey asked the question, "Who wants to race?" and who was one of the first people to raise their hands? Uh, the six ten beast from the south be- southeast himself, with the "Yep, I'll do it" look on his face. Um, for some reason, made the decision to take off his shoes just because Derek did. Um. Cole was also in the race. Uh, and Kay, what made you decide to take the shoes off again? You there? I remember Derek taking off the shoes, and then for some reason, Kay looked at him and said, Okay, fuck it, I'll do it too. Um, uh, hey, are you there? I don't think you did it now. <laughs> yeah, he's it. <there>. Um, <laughs> so the race went on. Hey, uh, actually, you know, smoked there, and at the last, you know, ten, fifteen yards of the race, was laughing at him on the way there. Um, so that was fun. Um. And Mad Six was out doing, you know, like you said, the DJing. I we were talking about we kind of wish that they would have put the trucks on the other side so it wouldn't have blocked the sound kind of going in. Yeah, kind of going in, yeah. But it was but the vibes like, were good. Yeah, no, it was good vibes, yeah. Everybody was chilling. You know, we had the Budweiser, the uh, the beer garden girls dancing, and you know, that's 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 it for me. If I get a couple people dancing, I did my job. So <laughs> Had a little kid out there dancing on Saturday night. Bro, we had freestyle in there. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And and you just so happened to play the song that apparently in the '90s he dropped a uh, a single to. Mm. So he went straight into that verse and everything else like that while <laughs> while that song came out. That song came on. <laughs> <laughs> That's off to Derek for sure because that was pretty impressive. Um, what did you guys think about the food? I, I the uh, food was good. The taco spot was definitely good. The uh, I had well, I had from two spots. I had the tacos from uh, what is it, Lot J? Like we shout out to Lot J's tacos. Hell yeah! You ever in Vegas? Go get you some there. They out there at the Raiders game, I believe. So yeah, go get you some Lot J's tacos. And then the other spot I got the uh, fries from that was pretty good. Um, I don't even know the name of the other spot. It was, it was pretty good. So 
food was pretty. The food was decent. I, I put a I put a post. I said, you know, I'm not a Raiders fan at all. But Lot J's talk that shit was fire. They had a uh, so according to uh, uh, not Scott, it was a uh, Steve. Not Steve out there. He said the record for them was 22 tacos in an hour. Now, I don't know what the reward is for breaking the record. We never got those details. All I know is after getting the tacos, I knew I was not going to have enough money to get back home. Yeah, <laughs> to eat that. If I wanted to try and beat that record. Yeah, you spend a hundred. You spend a hundred some dollars just on tacos to try to break that record. They were four dollars, four dollars a piece. Yep, four dollars. Four, hey, but you know, but that's what I'm saying. Like when I tried it, I was like, "Oh yeah, I'd be able to break that record, no fucking problem." If, mm-hmm. I, actually, if I had the money to burn to actually go and try it, I would have tried it. Yeah, you know, but they. But either way, we 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 had those, and I had the uh, that cup of corn with the with the mayo and all that. Like the oh, that shit was so good, so good. Uh, yeah, shout out to Lot J Tacos and and all the other food vendors and stuff like that who were there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was a, like I said, it was good a uh, uh, good vibe. Everybody there that you know having a good time, especially after the flag games and stuff. So it was it was really cool. Um. What did you guys think of the stadium? The stadium was pretty dope. It was a nice little stadium. It's just weird because it's like in the middle of nowhere, and you just got this big ass indoor stadium. But the stadium was nice. Uh, you know, the the staff at the stadium was cool. Shout out to Elizabeth that work at Anderson Fields. She was a trooper. You know, she she got us what we needed. You know, all the staff there was pretty dope. So just want to you know, it was definitely a warm welcome all the way around. You know, from the time we touched down to the time we left. Yeah, no, yeah, Elizabeth, and and shout out to the staff and everybody who was there, Kelly and everyone who helped us mm-hmm. out. And yeah, it was everyone was real focused on getting getting the job done, but um, it, but they st- everyone still managed to have the that upbeat, happy to be here, friendship mm-hmm. type of mentality in the whole thing. The whole time, yeah. You know, we, we knew we had to get the job done, but we were having we were having fun. Yeah, doing it. Yeah, in the process, yep. Yeah. You know, so that that's what the real like cool thing about the whole experience was. And you know, again, shout out to Matt and, and Corey and everybody else, you know, they were dropping some you know, knowledge and stuff like that that we were seeing with the whole production aspect on what everybody saw mm-hmm. man they were stressing so hard <laughs> they were stressing big time you know wanting things to get done the right and it's understandable you know when you're mm-hmm. when it's a situation like this in the it being the first ever national championship you know between two different conferences um the, the the stakes of the entire thing obviously everybody wanted it to be as perfect as it possibly could have been mm-hmm. and uh and i mean it wasn't perfect by any means you know but to us 
it was successful. Everything about what happened that weekend was an actual success. With all the stress, with all the, you know, with everything that went down, at the end of the day, what happened this weekend was absolutely huge for the league. And and for us as well, because, you know, we've gotten a lot of, we made a whole lot of friends throughout this whole time. You know, a lot of support back and everything that we're doing and stuff now. We've met a lot of people who we are definitely going to be working with in in the near future. Um, things are opening up with it, and I, I honestly couldn't be happier about how everything went down. Like, I, I don't know if it could have gone any better the way things went. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, if you're there... Can you let them know the situation that you dealt with on Sunday night? I know he's there. He's got to be there. <laughs> okay, are you there? Nope. He ain't there. Come on. He's dealing with something. He's got to be dealing with something right now. Yeah. There he is. Yep. Um, I mean, you pretty much said everything. So I mean, no, but I didn't go into full detail on what it was that you did and the scenarios and the other stuff and people that you talked to. I mean, low key, but yeah. Uh, (laughs) uh, The only thing that was wasn't mentioned was I talked to Coach Mike Tice. I mean, that's like everybody else. (laughs) That was about it. That's the only thing that wasn't mentioned. Everything you pretty much said everything. Well, okay. Hey, not giving himself enough credit. But how he ended up in that situation was we were talking with uh Mel Carey. Shout out to Mel, Flashpoint Media. Go check that out, go follow him. Um and he told us he needed I needed a fourth cameraman. We all look directly at Kay because he's the one who's the the video and the camera and everything for us. So Kay got that opportunity to be in the south end zone camp, if I'm not mistaken. Um, what was the field camp? The other cams are on the other cameras like was uh, off the ground. And that then, was the only field camp. Okay. Oh, wait, you were the only field cam? Yeah, other cameras was off the ground. The 50 camera and the other camera was off the ground. Got it. I know where Zach was at the, I think, the main play camera up by where um, the guys from the three on Yeah, no, he wasn't the cameraman at all. Who, Zach? No, not at all. I saw Zach manning a camera with the headset on. I don't know if he was. I think he was just probably holding it for somebody, but I I didn't hear him say anything about. It was like he was operating the show, but I didn't see him doing all that. Yeah, because I think he was supposed to be doing the teleprompter. Yeah, he won. He won on no camera. I thought Alex was doing the teleprompter. Probably was, but he won. Zach won on no camera. 
I could have sworn I walked and I saw him manning the case. He had the end zone, or not the end zone, the the headphones, and he was the camera that was like a few feet away from from Matt and and Rob and Corey. Huh? No, that was um, what's homie name? I forgot homie name. That was somebody else. David. No, David is Alex's brother. I forgot homie name. So it wasn't okay, it wasn't David, it wasn't Alex, it wasn't Zach, it wasn't Cole. Oh, I think that might have been his name. Cole. No, Cole had a camera, but it wasn't that one. Cole had a camera, but I'm saying it was the other cat that wasn't staying in the house. Mm. He was in the production meetings, but he wasn't staying oh, in their crib. No, I know who that is. That's what I'm saying. He wasn't staying in their production house. He, I forgot what homie name was. He had the big joint. He had the big joint on uh we was in the production meeting that Sunday morning. He was sitting up in there with the big ass camera. I forgot homie name. I, I apologize. I thought his name was like Paul or some shit. I'm bad with names, so the fact that I remember all these names is fucking amazing, to be real with you. <laughs> we did meet a lot of people there. That's why I was like... No, I'm bad with one singular name. Like, I'm not I'm not good with names. I forget a motherfucking name quick. I'll give them a nickname quick as fuck. Yeah, I'm, I'm bad with names, so it's a good thing I remember these, these guys' names. I'm trying to think of who it possibly could have been. Wasn't peanut, it wasn't the plays. It wasn't it wasn't Mel, was it? I don't even know. Honestly, I don't even I swear I thought it was Zach, but um but I guess not. I mean, outside of that, Max, how you felt about doing the camera uh, work for the, for the game and all that? Oh, yeah. Uh, that shit was fun. I had a ball down there. You know, my legs still goddamn hurt. I got cleated. So my shit still hurt, still in pain. But, you know, it was well worth the pain. But now it was cool being down there. I felt like I was, you know, like a, a cameraman in the NFL, you know, on the field. <laughs> I felt highly, uh, what's the word, uh, important, you know, being on the field. <laughs> You well, know, they, Luis, uh, Mr. Ojeda, shout out to him. He had you like all up in the yeah, mix. Oh, yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, no, he was cool. Yeah, he was like, you know, because when we asked him about, you know, when Mike Tyson was going to be there, so so as he was like, you know, come on. And then when I went to do the coin toss, he was like, I was looking for you. So he came looking for me, you know, to come up there. He was like, you know, come over here. So I was like, so yeah, so shout out to Luis and the fail scout. Dopeness. So yeah, no, it was dope. Yeah, just getting the uh, the coin toss, the pregame speech. You know, both teams coming out the tunnel. You know, the uh, the final uh, fucking interception. You know, to seal the game. You know, being able to get that right there, and you know, the whole celebration and team photos. You know, shit. It was dope. I had a good weekend. Looking forward to it. So doing that shit. Doing it again next year for sure. Yep. That shit was 
fun. I was I was I was sitting up in the booth with uh with Derek's younger brother Jamil and his girlfriend. His girlfriend was doing the uh the clock operations for there on the field. So her and I were trying to be as synchronized as we possibly could from you know the game clock that we saw it on the field to the game clock that the people were seeing at home. Um Jamil was doing the the PA announcements um throughout the whole thing. And you know Shout out to both of them. They did an excellent job as well. And you know, real big shout out to all the fans who showed up. Yeah, um, I was going to say the fans. Yeah, being down there in the field for the fans, it was crazy. You like standing there and just, you know, seeing all the reactions when they was down and just hearing the players, you know, just rally themselves. And the coach wasn't saying nothing. You know, it was all the players that rallied themselves back. And, you know, the fans was behind them and, you know, they rallied and, it got, it got loud in there. I was like, you know, it felt shit. That, that to me, it was more exciting than the NFL game. That game was more exciting than the NFL game. So, <laughs> so I came home was like immediately turned on YouTube and started watching. You know how to how we got to that game, watching all the highlights from the you know previous games and looking forward to that shit next year. It's it's gonna be you know something interesting because again we've been through the whole the whole thing already so far and you know we're going to be again next year and hopefully some things go in to fruition for us to be able to kind of um you know kind of continue on with the a7fl because again just great people um a great organization um really happy to be able to to work with them um from here on out uh, at the end of the whole thing, I'm going mean, got... to find me a team to play for. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to play. <laughs> I'm playing in the championship next year. <laughs> I'm going to find me a team. <laughs> but they come out of retirement. <laughs> I mean, it looks fun, right? That shit hella fun. I mean, it's just going out there and hitting somebody. Why not? I mean, should I do martial arts? I kick and punch people, so why not just go run somebody the fuck over? <laughs> Give me the ball, put me a running back. I'll be like Jerome Bettis. I'll run somebody the fuck over. <laughs> Call me Christian Okoye, man. <laughs> <laughs> like Sticks is coming through. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> I can take a hit and I'll run somebody the fuck over. That's going to be fun. Again, we're, we're hoping things get around our area and stuff real soon because, yeah, it's going to be you know, really, really cool to see and to, to be a part of. Um, uh, you know, again, being on the field, you know, with the trophies, seeing with, you know, how, uh, uh, you know, it, shout out to Big Rob, his intro, the way that ended up turning out was like, mm-hmm. that got everybody hyped. You know, we were there to kind of watch how that whole thing went down. So it was, it was really cool. Again, like the whole behind the scenes thing. Mm-hmm. How the whole ending with Matt, you know, how Matt closed it out on the field, you know, getting that on video, you know, I got that on video, how he, you know, he sounded like, it was funny because he sounded like a commentator, but you can tell he's a promoter, like, you know, a sports promoter, he got that, you know, just the way he did that, yeah, I was like, yep, I sound like we about to get ready for WrestleMania or so. <laughs> well, well, he is, he also does, yeah. you know, announcing himself for Catalyst Wrestling, and he's, I, mm-hmm. I, if I'm not mistaken, I I think he does a little bit of work with AEW. I could be wrong on that. I, okay. I, I 
think he does. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, because he was telling me I should watch it. So I, I believe so. Yeah, he, so definitely yeah. a, a big wrestling guy. So, yeah, he mm-hmm. knows how to cut promos and yeah, and really bring the, the hype out of the whole thing. He's mm-hmm. really good at doing that. I that, should have him give me a, a DJ intro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> DJ, that should be dope with him have and Matt Ryan <laughs> introducing Mad Sticks every time. Yeah. <laughs> Have Matt and Rob do a uh, DJ intro. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, it was cool to be able to, to hang out with them too, to kind of get to know them. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of get to know everybody a little bit while we were there. It was, um, it was entertaining. Corey, God damn it, can that man talk? <laughs> well, it's funny because he got quieter after that first night. Whoever said something, he was quieter the next couple of nights. I was like, the next day, I was like, he hella quiet today. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, again, it was a point in time, like, we were just looking at court. Like, I told Rob, I was like, I am I, I, I am thoroughly impressed. Like, I, I, I cannot believe he has been nonstop talking. <laughs> I'm the old man of the group. I had to go get my nap in. <laughs> I would say that first night you were out by like nine o'clock. Yeah, so I was sorry because I had to be to work at like three the past two days leading up to that. And then, you know, we what, four hours of sleep and then that long ass 10 hour drive. Yep. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I didn't feel like the drive was that bad. No, the drive wasn't bad at all. It didn't even like feel like it's like once you're on the road, you just driving, you just go like you got whatever yo, you know. I got my music, so I just get on the road and go. It's like I know I got to get there, so yep. you know, as long as it ain't traffic, I'm cool. And we never hit no traffic at all. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So so, it was, you know, it was cool. It's just the whole thing. Um. Okay, I'll start with you. What is something from this past weekend that you feel like you'll remember the most out of everything that happened? Um, probably the game. The what? The game. Oh. I started thinking about it. it was the game itself. It was a really good game. Bad uh man there's not even just one thing just the whole trip just uh everybody just came together got the job done had fun doing it you know and shit dj in the process you know still got to you know do some shit on the field so and i was fun being able to get out there and just throw the ball around on the field and you know you felt you just felt you know they made it you you just felt important so it was, it was pretty dope yeah it's, it was yeah definitely something that i i will never forget um mm-hmm. after the game and um after everyone was starting to clear out and stuff like that i took a moment in time to kind of go sit out on the field uh in the end zone where Kay was um filming at but i was kind of in the middle of the field i just sat there to kind of really soak in like what it was that we kind of accomplished this weekend and 
you know, again, it was a culmination because we put a lot of work into the, you know, we've been doing this for, you know, over three years now, um, you know, talking to a bunch of people, seeing, you know, a, a lot of things and, and just, uh, you know, Madison's been touring, you know, putting in a lot of work, you know, on the road, you know, me and Kay have been, you know, trying to get, so this whole, everything up until this point, like I you know, just kind of looking at it going like, huh, all right, this is what we, you know, it's not all going to nothing type of thing. It's kind of because I mean I've had those those times, you know, plenty about thinking about like that's eh, not going as far as I wanted it to. It's not doing as much as you know. I was what up, Casey? Um, we, so we've had those moments, but we we've stuck it out. We've grinded it out, and now we're at a really good point in the show where we know what's coming at least for certain aspects of things we know what's coming for the show but we also know there's a shit ton more to come there's a lot more that we're going to cover there's a lot more people that we're going to be able to meet and, and talk to and bring on the show and get more insights you know and, and building relationships and stuff so you know, like we told everybody, everybody who's on this show, everybody that we've dealt with and stuff like that, once that's happened, you're you're part of the Joppo family for for life. You know, we have the we have the Joppo army. That's everybody who's been supporting us, you know, everyone who who's given us, you know, good feedback and everything like that about the show, saying that they like the show. Um, but we have the Joppo family for everyone who contributed in a way that we appreciate more than it than anything else because we know people's time is valuable so the fact that they're able to give us 30 minutes sometimes an hour in Corey's case an hour and a half to fucking two hours you know that we appreciate everybody's time and we appreciate everyone at the a7fl for giving us the opportunity to to be able to do what we did this weekend and that was create a moment that the three of us will never forget we will be humbled by and we will always appreciate you know for the rest of our days you know so again everybody at the age 10 nfl Thank you guys. Uh, everybody, you know, the Jaffa Army who was you know, watching with us the whole time. Everybody's been very active for us on the social medias and stuff for, for everyone else. Get to share and let everybody know what, what's going on here because it's it's growing and growing and growing. And I, I couldn't be more proud uh, of everything that we accomplished so far. Uh, we have the show this Friday, Derek Duncan going to be on with us to talk about his excitement uh, about this past weekend. Um, appreciate Hans uh, for being on with us to talk boxing. Uh, we're going to have uh, the, the F1 guy, CJP, going to be with us uh, to talk more F1 and stuff like that. So, ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate the fuck out of every one of you guys. The journey has been great. We love every single bit of it. Once again, 87FL, we love you guys. Uh, we can't wait to keep working with you guys. And um, it's going to be fun from here on out. Stay tuned, everybody. The All Pro Jaffos for myself, JP, the 610 Beast from the Southeast, Mr. Country K, 
and the greatest DJ in the entire motherfucking world, Mr. DJ Madsticks. We'll see you guys next time. Get out of here.